I'll never pretend to really be a student of or have a proper understanding of American classics, old school jazz, R&B, but there are certain names that you can't grow up and not understand and know more about, like George Gershwin. Rhapsody in Blue, which goes on for another 17 minutes, is an unquestionable masterpiece. You don't have to like it, but if you don't recognize that it matters, then don't listen to any more of this podcast go away even though we have the walsh brothers coming up i just you you're not allowed you're not allowed to be an idiot anymore on planet earth i've decided that i only have a few years left not a few but i'm certainly past the halfway point and i'm done i'm done tolerating idiocy george gershwin rhapsody in blue and, and maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm just kidding i'm totally not wrong about this go listen to it at some point after you listen to this particular podcast but the reason i wanted to start out with that tonight is that it just entered the public domain used to be once you created a piece of art a piece of work 75 years it was all yours and then it's the last time <laughs> it might be the last time it might be sean thank you very much uh once it enters the public domain you know it, but then once it's in the public domain people can remix it they can re-air it they can do whatever they like with it and it seems to me like because i believe that artists should be respected i believe that artists should be paid but 75 years seems like a pretty good run but like if i own something in my house like a chair for 75 years suddenly is someone allowed to come in and just take the chair and go sit in it whenever the fuck they feel like it It happens all the time does it <laughs> i suppose when you're 75 it's hard to hard to fight off chair thieves it's the brian oak show thank you very much for deciding to once again on episode 17 dive in we're here in the smart start mn studios and the reason i played that is george gershwin's rhapsody in blue is now 90 95 years old because it used to be 75 years but then back in the late 90s congress instituted an act saying no no now it's 95 years but here we are 95 years on from george gershwin's rhapsody in blue and so i'm not telling you to rip it off i'm not telling you to take advantage of the gershwin estate but go listen to it because i don't understand much about jazz and i don't go deep on it but some artists are so good at what they do you know the guy that did an american in paris and porgy and bess also wrote that particular track, and it is a masterpiece. So I felt like that was a good thing to start with. I'm Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard over there. We work together, and he produces the show. Sean, did you watch the Golden Globes at all last night? I watched... Uh... <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry, I was going to say something totally inappropriate. So Easy I guy. But Was it about Salma Hayek? It was about Salma Hayek. If you saw the Golden Globes, you saw the Golden Globes. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. I know, Here but my wife go. was there with me, and she even said, my lord... Is she going to have another baby? I mean, because they were just, they were just like. Uh, pen, would you, how do you feel about the word pendulous? I don't know what that means. Like a pendulum, like. I, I don't <laughs> want this show to go that way. So it's I'm, I'm going to stop just move talking on. right now. My point was, yeah. is I did not watch it because I uh, professionally had to watch every award show for 25 years when I was doing radio, only because you had to make a few yeah. comments about it the next day, yeah. right? And there's some fun parts, but it's mostly tiresome and stupid and irritating. And so I didn't watch a second of it last night. However, today I ended up seeing sort of a quick cut of Ricky Gervais, uh, not the full nine or ten minutes of his intro, but some of the sort of the best yeah. bits of his intro, and it was spectacularly good. He said, so he was sort of like throwing it to the wind like, ah, oh, it's the last time, who cares? 
I hope he never, ever, ever stops doing it. I think the ratings will be huge because he pissed a lot of people off, and that gets ratings. You good know? good for him. Are we, are we going to hear some of it? Right now. Yeah, let's do it. It's the last time. Who cares? Oh. Many talented people of color were snubbed in major categories. Um, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about that. The Hollywood foreign press are all very, very racist. So... <laughs> But you all look lovely, all doled up. You came here in your limos. I came here in a limo tonight, and the license plate was made by Felicity Huffman. So, no. Shush. Once upon a time in Hollywood, nearly three hours long, Leonardo DiCaprio attended the premiere, and by the end, his date was too old for him. So... Even Prince Andrew's like, come on, Leo, mate, you know. <laughs> you're nearly 50, son. Lots of big celebrities here tonight. I mean, legends, icons, yeah? Look, at this table alone, uh, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. But... <laughs> Baby Yoda. Uh, oh, no, that's, that's Joe Pesci, sorry. It was a big year for paedophile movies. Um, surviving R. Kelly... Leaving Neverland, two popes. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. I don't care. I don't care. You could binge watch the entire first season of Afterlife instead of watching this show. That, that's a show about a man who wants to kill himself because his wife dies of cancer. And it's still more fun than this. Okay? <laughs> Spoiler alert, um, season two is on the way. So in the end, he obviously didn't kill himself. Just like Jeffrey Epstein. Shut up. I know he's your friend, but I don't care. <laughs> you had to make your own way here and your own plane, didn't you? The world got to see James Corden as a fat pussy. <laughs> he was also in the movie Cats, but no one saw that. Apple roared into the, the TV game with a morning show. A superb drama, yeah. A superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing, made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? So, if you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, right, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your God, and... So... It's already three hours long. It's the last time. Who cares? It's one of my favorite things that I've heard in a long time. I, and now I sort of regret not watching last night. I understand Joaquin Phoenix <clears throat> went a little bit of a rant that I didn't have a chance to watch. But also kind of, here's the deal. I have this hard time with these things where you cannot simultaneously both rage with and against the machine. So I understand that Joaquin Phoenix feels what he feels. I understand that he's trying to do the right thing. I understand that he's trying to make us all understand we have to do better. We have to be real human beings to other human beings. But also, and he was great in Walk the Line, like brilliant in Walk the Line. 
But he was also in Gladiator, which wasn't very good. Did you see The Joker? Uh, I haven't. It's fantastic. I've heard it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's If you're into origin stories. Well... But here, here's my problem is, who was the other guy? Uh, who was the, the Joker the last time around? The guy who didn't make it. Um, oh. Heath Ledger? Yes, thank you. Yeah, Heath Ledger. And I know that Joaquin Phoenix is a genuinely brilliant actor. I know he's real. I know he believes what he believes. And I, I believe in him. But that Heath Ledger interpretation of the Joker... Like Jack Nicholson, yeah, of course, how do you disrespect Jack Nicholson? He's great. But that was a cartoon, right? Like yeah. those early Batman interpretations of, of the revamp were, were a cartoon, which is what Batman was. That makes total sense. But when you watch the almost unbelievable Chris Nolan reinterpretation of the Joker, it's horrifying. Like you, you finally understand the real maniacal horror of what the Joker is and does, and you're telling me that it's still worth watching the Joaquin Phoenix interpretation. Well, I'm not a big comics guy, so I just like the fact that they were delving into his origin and why, he, you know, his mental illness and being bullied and everything else. I just ruined the whole movie for everybody, but no, it, his, <laughs> his, his interpretation of it I thought was fantastic. I'm a big fan of his, although I will also say that I know that he's batshit crazy. So, Who's that? Joaquin Phoenix, he's a weird dude. Oh, except for that rap phase, which is finally <laughs> when he started to make sense. Uh, hi, it's the Brian Oak Show. Thank you very much for tuning in to episode 17. Right here, before we get into these next two songs and then meet tonight's primary guest, I think that we should probably thank our primary sponsor, which is Smart Start MN. Smart Start MN, the original ignition interlock company what do they do they basically put a breathalyzer in your car after you screwed up and you drove drunk which super bad idea never ever do it turns out no matter how many times you tell people to not do it some still do it so now you're screwed you're out of your car for a month two months three months in some cases years how do you get back into your car well you install one of their devices into it breathe into it blow clean and you can drive sooner than you'd ever guess. You got to test one of those babies out over there. We did a little video that's going to be coming out. Uh, almost Cecil B. DeMille quality video that we have coming out about Smart Start MN and how it all works. I have no recollection of recording that video. How did I do? <laughs> Ooh, pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> is that why I don't know where my car is right now? That's probably it. I'm sold. Yeah? I'm sold. See, I By asked your them, testimonial alone. I asked I'm them going tomorrow. Why don't but like why wouldn't someone put this in their car preemptively? Like, don't wait yes. until you've gone Let's to jail. Go. Let's make sure that you're okay. Here's the deal. It's like a quarter of the legal limit. Like you you can't have anything to drink before you get in your car, which seems like a pretty good idea, right? Yes. I use the Alcohawk. Alcohawk? What is the Alcohawk? It's forty bucks on Amazon. Blow into it. Tells you what your uh what you're blowing. Yeah. And point oh seven, you're close, but you're still legal. Yeah. It's in Minnesota, it, yeah. It's a revelation to see. I yeah. When I'm playing shows, it I, I burn up the alcohol a lot more. If yeah. I'm sitting at the turf club and I'm I've had three beers, it might be point one one and it's it's shocking to see. Weird because you know now I feel a little guilty yeah. because I can't count the number of times that I bought you and your band around, <laughs> and now I feel a little guilty. Hey, just ahead, we are going to talk to the Walsh brothers, Jim and Terry Walsh, who, 
Again, as we mentioned outside, we recorded video earlier for Facebook Live. I don't really know where to start, so we're just going to play this one by ear. They brought guitars. They brought their unique life experiences. But before we get to them, I feel like tonight has got a real Minnesota edge to it. So, Sean, if you're cool, let's hear a couple of Minnesota tunes before we start talking to Jim and Terry Walsh.
And now, a dramatic reading of the song we just heard by someone with a terrible British accent. They laugh in the middle of my speech, swinging in the hall out of reach, learning who can take talk, 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 talk. Fuck school, fuck school, (laughs) fuck my school. Fuck school, fuck school, fuck my school. Fuck school, fuck school, fuck my school. There's much more to be told there, but I think that we heard it enough the right way the first time. (laughs) Slow clap. Uh, By the way, episode 17 of the Brian Oak Show, first slow clap we've gotten so far. That is the first one. Genius right there, by the way. The replacements with fuck school. Yeah, and before that, we heard Don't Want to Know If You're Lonely by Husker Du, a Grant Hart song, and I mentioned this on the very first episode of this show ever, which was some 16 episodes ago. Um, Husker Du changed my life when I was a very young man, and got a copy of Zen Arcade, had no context, and literally had the top of my, well, okay, not literally, had the top of my head, I hate when people do that. Say figuratively. Literally had my world changed. Did not have the top of my head ripped off, which is what I was going to say, but I had no context. It it did upend my understanding of what music was and could be. I thought I was a punk rocker growing up in the mean cul-de-sacs of Coon Rapids, <laughs> but I didn't really know. And there was loud, there was nasty, but then there was still this band who, despite no matter how loud or angry or unsettled they were, never lost their sense of melodicism. And I realized, oh, holy shit. Things can be the way that like that makes sense to you, and that was Husker Du, and that was a Grant Hart song. Don't want to know if you're lonely, and as I mentioned on the very first episode of this show, the laptop I use right now used to belong to Grant Hart, which is not a humble brag. It's a... Uh, brag. <laughs> okay, good call, Terry. It's just a full-blown-ass brag. Like, how does that happen? How does that happen in your life? So don't give up hope. Keep showing up on time and keep fucking dreaming because you don't know what your life is going to look like. It's the Brian Oak Show, and we should say hi to this evening's guests who um, brought a bunch of beers, and uh, they're working on them, and I have a feeling they're going to attack my Tullamore Dew content mm-hmm. pretty soon mm-hmm. here. Those glasses aren't clean, but I feel like neither of you will give a shit about it. We're not um, clean either. Yeah, well, welcome to the club. <laughs> oh, you can take it right off the bottle if you want. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm not picky. It is Jim Walsh and Cheers. Terry Walsh. And I, again, I told you I don't even know where to start with the two of you because I've known you both for so long. And um, your actual brothers, like actual, oh, yeah. 
Oh, you're not going to do it like a jug band thing, are you? Because I didn't bring my <laughs> I didn't bring my thimbles for the washboard, so I can't really go that way. Easy guy. All right, there's only so much of it left there. Oh no. No, I've got a cold. Okay, whatever. You know that's antiseptic, right? The Walsh brothers, uh, Jim and Terry Walsh. So I'm going to do the briefest setup possible, but then I'm going to ask you guys a bunch of questions about who you are and where you're from before we hear a single song. Jim and Terry Walsh. Jim, I heard your name long before I heard your brother's Terry's name because you were a writer and you were part of when I first moved downtown. And I'm like, I'm a cool kid. I live downtown. I get it. Oh, you think I don't pick up city pages and see what's going on this week? You're a writer. You're an author. You are a guy who's written forever. And Terry, you've been playing music. And and Jim, again, that's why this is so hard for me. I don't know how to describe either of you, and I don't want to go with the back in 1980, blah, 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 (laughs) so-and-so did a blah, blah, blah. But you were both natives to the area. You're both Twin Cityans, and you are both wildly creative. Terry, I've seen you with Belfast Cowboys uh, and your bands numerous times. Jim, I've seen you play live with the Hootenanny forever and read your writings for a very long time. It's Jim and Terry Walsh, who I'm very excited to have here, and that's why I'm so confused. Like, I don't know how to, how to, quantify what you two are and who you are to the Twin Cities. So let me ask a couple of questions that take us back to the very, very beginning. If I may. Please, Jim. We are very big music fans. Clearly. A, and, you know, growing up in this town and amidst all this talent, because I guarantee my brother and I right now are both listening to you. I'm listening to your voice, and I'm going, Freedom Rock. Yeah, right. I spent a exactly. lot. Of, I spent a lot of Sunday nights with you mm-hmm. playing music for me as a as a playlist as I traverse this city. You know, right? And yeah, you know, we we were very Irish for sure, very Minneapolis, and you know, we we love music and. Uh, family and friends, and it's it's pretty basic that way. It's the whole bit. So, are all four of us in this room Irish Catholics? Yes. Wow. But meaning that the, the but thing that is kind of weird because like we, were, we live in Lutheranville. You the know thing that, that we right? We're talking about on Chicago. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. No, you're right. No, you're, it's true. Luther Irish Irish in Lutheranville is a yeah is a book. <laughs> but out on Chicago <laughs> Avenue, it is. Uh, out on Chicago Avenue, you know, we were talking about it, and it, it's, you know, um, you share DNA with people when you play and listen to music together, and, you know, utter magic is created and community is created from that. I like to think of it as sharing long protein strands. I like to think of it as a sort of a weird alien bit. Uh, myself, don't worry about it, Sean. Don't <laughs> no, worry. You're right. We'll, we'll absolutely share later. Right. Yeah. That, that's but, what we're representing yeah. for right right now. And I I know you were like DNA, but it's true. We've swapped it over the years over the, the airwaves. You can't help but not. And so we've you, swapped we, it on stage. We've swapped it. You know, like this music. Hey, in crowds watching bands. We just listened to Grant Hart and Paul Westerberg. Oh. Happy birthday, Paulie. Mm. Love you, Grant. You know, mm. and we're all tied in that moment of listening to that. And, what, and what's great about this town, endless examples of that language being swapped together. And, you know, we're, we're very, very 
uh, it's it's purposeful and meaningful. And what it, I love about it, it, it preceded all of us who are in this room right now, and it will outlive all yeah. of us. Mm-hmm. People who are not from this area, and I know that we in the, in Minnesota tend to be extremely provincial, as in like. ICBMs have been launched at the United States. But first, a story about a Minnesota man who teaches a dog how to ski. Like, like, that's, that's, what, that's what we love. That's, that's real. It's what we, that's very real. You watch the it's, news. That's very it's real. In, so, it's unreal. But, I, but before we get very to real, about unreal. your you both of your experiences as adults and the event that we want to talk about that's coming up on Friday, your brothers, you grew up together. Where was the childhood home, if you don't mind my asking? South Minneapolis, not far from here. Yeah. You know, fifty fifth and Grand, fifty first and Colfax. Yeah, yeah. And it was, you know, I refer to it in my that first replacements book, that oral history I did mm-hmm. as the Catholic ghetto, and it was. <laughs> and it's I don't mean, I don't mean to laugh as in disrespect. I just like you when you live in Lutheranville. You that, know these fucking Protestants, right. right? But that and that's a real phrase, the Catholic ghetto, and it, and it's all it means is. A lot of kids were born via the baby boom of the 60s to a lot of, you know, Catholic people. And there were a lot of parishes that were thriving with all of that, that energy. And, you know, inky boys and girls, incarnation church, school, annunciation, all that shit was very real. The replacements came with that, Westerberg and our families. And I, I, I romanticize the hell out of all of that because it's your history there's nothing wrong with romanticizing it we grew up reading about greenwich village and liverpool and everything and part of us was was way like you know we rejected the idea of flyover country and we made a scene and we made it happen and that's what's going on right now and you know friday night's part of it tuesday night at the driftwood is part of it yep your podcast is part of it and all the good work that people do in this town via music, via this language shared thing, and, you know, it's it's killer. Terry, I have a question for you. Was your brother always such, not unlike myself, because I can never shut up, was your brother always <laughs> such a nonstop talker when you were growing up? I don't think so. I think it, I think he kind of grew into it. Thank you. Um, he, he was a little more quiet, like in high school, and wrote more than he spoke, I think. Which which of the two of you are older? I'm not asking for ages. Jimmy is. You're older, Jim, than Terry. So, Jim, I think a lot of people are familiar with your work with City Pages, also your work as an author. Maybe people are not as familiar, but there are plenty of people who know that you're also a musician and have done the Hootenanny forever. Terry, your work with the Belfast Cowboys and St. Dominic's Trio. So I knew about Jim I met Jim long before I ever met you. Sure. And then all of a sudden I find myself at um oh what's the name of the roadhouse just outside of downtown right there. Bunkers? Bunkers? Nope. Oh. Roadhouse, old school, old cranky guy behind the bar. Lou, Louis. Uh, oh, Lee's liquor. Thank liquor, you very yeah. much. I every once in a while because I'm getting older and now I'm moving on <laughs> in years having senior moments, I forget. Um I remember the first time I went down and saw the Belfast Cowboys in all your glory with the full horn section and the whole bit and the joy. So it is ostensibly a Van Morrison cover band, but it is also 
I feel like calling someone a cover band is damning them with faint praise because your band has more joy. That's the, for me, I don't really, I'll be honest, I hate going out. I really do. And I have <laughs> since I was like in my late 20s, I hate it. But then you go see a band where it's like people are dancing, people are smiling, and you get this thing that starts to bubble up inside. You're like, I'm buying everybody in this band a round of fucking shots. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Yes. And you, so you have a, but your brother has a unique gift to be able to do that to people. It's amazing. And if I may, I mean, I, I have seen these guys, you know, maybe more than anyone over the last 18 years. And it is just utterly uh, magic. And, and also like just knowing our, our birth story and how we, I often say this, you know, we'll be, you know, idiots driving around the lake late at night talking about this, <laughs> going, dude, you played with Graham Parker last night. Shit. You know, and we, and we, and, and. And even not a household name, but if you, you know, you Graham, fucking know. And you shook, one of my Van, heroes. And you shook yeah. Van Morrison's hand yep. as a representative of his music. And, I mean, that's, those are just two things, but the joy I have seen in rooms all over this state and beyond is just thrilling. And and it's a real connection with, you know, live music is is the, 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 the balm and everything. And these guys just absolutely deliver whenever you go see them. You're like, I need a shot of love. I need a shot of hope and inspiration. Are the Cowboys playing tonight? Is the trio playing tonight? Please and then yes, your answer with they're waving at me. One of my one of my favorite one of my favorite things that I've seen I've seen the band over the years. I think the one of the first times I saw you was St. Patrick's Day with uh, Cities ninety seven. We had you in there, but the Lake Harriet Bandshell shows I go to every chance I get, (laughs) and it's thousands and thousands of people. I lived on Forty Fifth and Colfax as a kid for a while. I went to Burroughs and, of course, built yeah. built a raft out of a door and dragged it all the way down to the creek to try to <laughs> sunk right to the bottom. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> My old man comes home. Anybody seen the door that was in the garage? But you guys know if you if you guys grew up around there, you yeah, know what I'm talking about. Did, At some yeah, point, yeah. you grab the tube and you go down yes. the the creek and do all that stuff. Sure. But the, the show. For me in particular, I was just blown away by the numbers of people at uh, the Lake Harriet show. And, and so it's, was I. It's epic. The first time we did it, yeah. um, was it 2015, 2014, I'm, I've lost track. Yeah. I think we've done it five times. Mm-hmm. John Clifford reminded me last year, right before our show, John Clifford, former yeah. guest of we the show. He's show, been yeah. a guest of the Brian Oak show, yep. yes. He, uh, Hairstyle to the stars. Right. <laughs> yeah. he, he reminded me last year, we were at the Driftwood together, and he said, hey, man, remember the first time you did that Lake Harriet show? You said to me like three days before, I just hope people show up. Oh, <laughs> you know? oh my God. And then it turned into this this giant thing. It's like, what in the world? How? Why are people coming it, out and seeing you know, this? Because people here's, enjoy life and yeah, music and yeah. here's things. the truth. You guys, the, what the band does, what the Belfast Cowboys do, you play three or four times a week. So you're attuned to audiences. And you have all the chops there where you go like, there's a dance crowd. You're like DJs in a way where you go, there's a dance oh, yeah. crowd there. Mm-hmm. And we can utterly, you know, lift them right now. 
and you got it. I mean, it, it, it's an amazing, beautiful. I, thing I, I to learned be part a lot from being a DJ. I I, I was a DJ yeah. uh, for weddings uh, back in the uh, early '90s. Are you dead mouse? Dead mouse? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm well, he wears a right helmet. Now. I just no. Uh, <laughs> um, no, we. Uh, I had to do these horrible, horrible gigs, and with the chicken dance, it was really bad. But I, I learned a lot from that. I, I learned that there are some songs that you can hit them with, and yeah. it'll work yep. every single time. I saw her standing there. That's one of them. It's yeah, one. It just people it gets move. them out on the dance floor. And it, even if they're not really dancers, they're like, "Oh, I'm at a wedding and I've had two glasses of wine and yep. listen to this song." Oh, I like this. But song. that, yeah. but that's the whole bit. Like it, being an artist, you should be allowed to express yourself. You should be allowed to articulate the things that matter to you. But if you choose to do it as a living, then you have to, like almost everything in the real world, find that middle space between my artistic articulation exactly and satisfying the people who want to enjoy right, it right. Be- before we hear you guys play a song and i'm so excited you brought your guitars and we're going to hear some music i want to know you know obviously it's not the only thing that you do terry but van morrison is obviously very important to part of your musical articulation yes. when's the first time you felt van morrison when's the first time you realized that van morrison was part of your creative spiritual whatever center there are two different moments i can peg it to uh i think 19 well i remember listening in high school so i graduated in 1980 and i listened to because astral weeks was like the number two album on the rolling stone top 100 rock albums of all time and um and so i went and listened to it and and tupelo honey was actually number three in this book that i just Decided it was the Bible for some reason. But um, I went and listened to Astro Weeks, and I was like, what? You know, mm. this doesn't this doesn't really thrill me that what much. What year was this? Maybe 79 or 80. Oh, wow. and, and I thought, Why? it's like he's trying, it's like he's making it up as he goes along, you know, which I thought was a bad thing at that time. <laughs> but um, it didn't really grab me like some of the other albums eventually would. So I... I Kind of gave up on Van for a little bit. I, I, I Wavelength was uh, the latest album at the time, and I didn't really like that one that much. There are a couple of good songs on it that I like a lot, but it never really grabbed me because it sounded too much like Boz Skaggs, who was really popular at the time. And not bad. I like Boz, but I just didn't want to. He- I thought, you're Van Morrison. Why are you trying to be Boz Skaggs? So anyway, uh, years later, I uh, there was a mixtape that my uh, our sister Molly had uh, given to her from a friend and I swiped it from her and it was 90 minutes of all Van Morrison. It was like the the prime cuts and the first song on there was Jackie Wilson said, and I went, Ooh, wow. this is Love something. It. And I, I wore that tape out in the car and uh, really loved it. But then I, I went and worked at a record store um right next to the suburban world theater two doors down from the uptown bar 
And uh, what was the record store? It was called Great American Music. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Wow! I yeah. wish it was there now. You can display. Oh man! I, I, I stayed up. I stayed overnight at a. I stayed overnight at a Great American Music to get tickets. To get tickets to a, a Cars show with Wang Chung opening in 1985. Oh my god! And that was wow. in Brooklyn Park. Great American Music. You could disparage yeah, them all you want. Dylan they used to fucking matter. They were a real <laughs> fucking <laughs> record were. store. But they made us wear ties. Yeah. Ooh, which is they made you wear. Ties? They made us wear ties. Well, but like sweet, skinny 80s well, ties. Well, you could wear if you had the taste, yeah. All right, very good. So I, I was I, telling you to get on the mic. Oh. He's you're screaming like, in the background. Like, you sound like, like, over here. You sound like you're outside of the office. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. They're better, closer, warmer. <laughs> so My, I, I listened to Van uh, at that place at Great American Music because I didn't have enough money to go and collect all of his albums, mm-hmm. and, and I could open them up and, and listen to him and... and uh, People would come up and say, "What is this?" And they'd they'd buy the the tapes and thought, "Hmm, it's pretty. It's not just me." Then one day I was taking a shower and I listened to uh, his live album. It's too late to stop now, and the first song on it is is called uh, "Ain't Nothing You Can Do," which we wound up recording. And um, when I heard that and the crowd and then the horn section kicking in, I thought, "I'm in the shower, just really digging this with my boombox playing." And I thought, "God." It would be so great to have a band with a horn section. And it just seemed like such a pipe dream at that point. Here we are. <laughs> well, we're gonna hear we're gonna no. hear more about um yeah. Terry Terry soaping up in the shower, listening to Van Morrison <laughs> coming up. Uh, like, we're we're also gonna, we're also gonna hear more about the Hoot Nanny and we're gonna hear about this Friday's event, which is really what we're here to talk about because they're doing good work for a good cause. But I also love hearing stories about people who love music and what motivates them. That's the whole point of the Brian Oak Show, Frank, frankly. Um, I'd like to hear a song. doesn't have to be Van Morrison. The other thing I like about this show, you can do anything you freaking feel like right now. What would you like to play for us right now? You mean on here or on there? On there. Anything. Oh, I've got one. Is I've got an original song, if you don't mind. I, I don't mind. Will you tell me the name and give me some sort of context (laughs) just so people know? This is called The Musician's Alibi. Please. Scalper drives his car, paid for by the superstar. Sings just as poorly as I do. At the Driftwood Char Bar Well if the ball would have just bounced another way I could be just as big as that guy And you know I'd be rolling in dough If it wasn't for Spotify They took all my songs They gave them away for free They laugh out loud when I try to sell them my CD. I never could draw much of a crowd. Ah, but I've got the musician's alibi. The crowd is home on its couch listening to Spotify. Good hitting beats pitching and laughing beats bitching, but I cry and whine and that maybe you'll feel sorry for me and I'll make that sympathy sail
this manager is hungry and mean. To stick a cigar in the cogs of that great big downloading streaming machine. Or maybe a hitman or a Rockford-like private eye. Oh, but I can't afford to pay him because of Spotify. Bandmates finally gave up and got on with their lives. My girlfriend sometimes goes out with some of their wives. She doesn't come to my shows anymore. Ah, but if she were here, I think she would testify. The only thing holding me back is Spotify. His name is Terry Walsh, and that song is called The Musician's Alibi, yeah? Yep. Spotify is one of the places you can find the Brian Oak Show. <laughs> uh, you can also find it on Apple and on iHeartRadio because we hate musicians, and we're not certain that artists are really worthy of being paid. Now, I'm going to be honest. Now, you have to understand, my tongue is firmly in cheek when I'm singing that song. You have to understand that since I've been an adult, my tongue has been firmly in my cheek. <laughs> so we're both in the same spot because, like everything, the truth lies somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. but what a great song like so that's an original how long ago did you write that one mm, maybe a year or two okay but uh it, it but came it, out it's because there. so many people so many musicians that i yep. respect and love and they uh they complain about spotify like it's the reason that they're not huge and here's why the world's terrible yeah yeah and but in fact when we put out CDs as Terry Walsh and 2AM back in the 90s, yep. um, the big brick wall we hit was distrib- uh, distribution. Right. And and now I've got people in Sweden listening to our songs and, and all over the place, places I'll never visit. And it's it's great. But I I'll be honest, like, you're not getting paid what you should be for those listens? Not true. That is not true. I get about 50 bucks a month from Spotify for all of our songs and it's it i mean you you throw that in the face of people that argue against spotify yeah yeah i've i've posted like screenshots of of my my latest bank statement from oh here's you know you you've been paid this and this i, I someone it was like 48 dollars. there's this jazz dude i can't remember his name but he was going on and on about how bad spotify is and i said counterpoint and i showed him the uh the screenshot and and he he just went on a huge rant well, and, and then blocked me. Have you, you met the you internet? Know, I know. Well, that's <laughs> it's a the way terrible it's, place you know, to be. If, if the problem with Spotify is that they don't pay people, okay, they are paying people, so now, what's the problem? You can't live on $48 a month, no. but, but that surprised me because I hear people saying, like, we make point zero 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 seven per play. That's what they say. But even if that's true, I, again, like... I, 
I feel like someone who knows how to write a song and can entertain a crowd, and I know that's what you do for a living, and I know you go out and play all the time. I feel I, I just I wish it were more. I wish oh, I wish I we lived. I, I know you. Do, I know, <laughs> but I wish we lived in a world that where you know, like I, I, I understand people want to make money, and I understand artifice, and I understand greed, and I understand avarice. But 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 it can't it can't wow. it, it can't be it can't be the defining no as Jeff Tweedy said in in an ah. interview sorry if I cut you off Jeff Tweedy Please. just said talking about streaming he said I don't want a guitar shaped pool I want more people to be able to hear my music oh. and that's where I am too I I just I you know the the pool isn't going to be very great although pop quiz hot Jay shot said, pop quiz hot shot. If someone said, I'll give you a guitar-shaped pool for free, would you take it? Of course. Why See? not? Because you're a normal human being. Terry and Jim <laughs> Walsh are our guests. Before we move any further and hear more music, and actually, before we hear more music, we do have to talk about the event this Friday multiple times. Oh, these are my unemployment papers. That's not what I'm looking <laughs> for. Hang on. You don't know what it's like. I can help you with your phone all the way. I was on hold this morning for an hour and 15 minutes just waiting to make sure that I had health care because <sighs> we live on a diarrhea planet. I have two people I need to thank. First of all, um, Great River Radon Mitigation. They're a primary sponsor of our show. What they do, they come in and test your house relatively cheaply from what I understand to see if it has radon in the first place. Yep, you just have to text Larry and she'll go check it out. And if it does have a higher than... Normal levels of uh, radon, they will put in their radon mitigation system, which is way less expensive than most of the places that are out there. But, and you might be asking yourself, wait, isn't radon one of Godzilla's enemies? And it turns out, no. <laughs> radon, radon, is actually, radon is actually a gas that gets given off when radon, the noble gas, uh, did, decomposes and according to the cancer.org in an article from just recently last year it's the leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers smokers in the u.s especially here in the upper midwest where we have lots of granite so first of all check it out if you don't have any hooray huzzah your life is better than it otherwise might have been however if there is a significant amount of radon in your house get rid of it who could do that i know great river radon mitigation you might say why not just get rid of all the granite that would be super hard. I feel like, especially here in the upper Midwest, there's a ton of granite. I'll tell you what, let's just mitigate the radon yes, instead. Yes, Because granite, I mean, beautiful countertops, sure, am I sure, right? Yeah. Sure. Just don't like, don't breathe too close to them. Please text Laurie, 612-701-2216. Get a hold of them. Uh, Great River Radon Mitigation. They matter. Well, and they don't want you to have lung cancer. And guess what? I've known, I've lost a couple people to lung cancer in the last couple of years. Oh. Pretty terrible. And I know I'm not trying to be no, sympathetic. I'm not trying to like make people like be a thing. I'm not trying to be an alarmist. Just avoid cancer whenever you can, especially cancer. I right? love you, Brian Oak. Oh my God, I love you for that. <laughs> Thank you, Jim Walsh. I also I love, love you. For that, I love you for a lot of reasons, God. but I'll take that one. Uh, love bef you, man. Before we move on and hear some of your music and talk, and talk. Heartbreak is real. Oh, it's way too fucking real. Um, before we move on, my business partner and producer this evening is Sean Bernard. Sean works for Dino Realty, and this is a slow time of year. And Sean's kids are hungry. What do we do to move? <laughs> what do we What do we do to move some houses this time of year? <laughs> my kids are so hungry. 
Please, please buy or sell. Daddy, it's not, it's not ketchup soup again tonight, is it? Not tonight again, Father, is it? <laughs> I don't want the ketchup soup. And here's the deal. Please, sir. Hunger, hunger is actually a super real problem in the state, so it I do is. not mean to no. minimize it. I was just having a little fun. But it's also a slow time of year for realtors. And so imagine Oliver from the musical walking up and saying, please, sir, could I sell a house? And that's how I think about Sean it's Bernard. It's exactly how you should. No, it's not really. Um, I'm actually meeting with a couple people this week, and we're really planning in one situation. I won't give up their name, but uh, their mom is moving into an assisted living place, and we're kind of putting together a plan for this summer to be able to sell her house. And another friend, she's downsizing. And... Uh, Terry is uh, gargling now with the uh, Tullamore Dew. That gargling is strong. Swishing, swashing. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't shy about the uh, ceramic. Well, you guys Irish will, whiskey is extremely medicinal. It is. You guys will dig oh. this. You two in particular will dig this part of the business. So for every home that I buy or sell, I give a portion of the sale to the warming house, and I also give oh, every right. single person that buys or sells a, a one-year membership for two. Dude. Now, Jim, you perform there. Yes. I know that. I've seen you perform there. Um, but that's a, that's one thing I do to be able to give back to the community. The warming house is on 40th and Bryant. Uh, it's uh, in the basement of Farmstead Bike Shop. It's just a really cool venue. So Saturday, I went and saw a guy named John Smith uh, perform there. He's from... Wait, the uh, John Smith? From Trumpola. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> this is my commercial, damn it. But anyway. It's been going on for like four minutes. No, but I saw this guy, John Smith. I'm, it, this all ties together, Jack Wagon. Uh, this guy, John Smith. And I bought two of his CDs. I bought two of his CDs, and my wife goes, You don't even have a CD player. I said, Honey, I know I don't have a CD player. You do. I'm gonna listen to it on Spotify, but you gotta buy the guys. Right. I go. You gotta buy the guys' goddamn exactly CDs right. so that oh he God. can make a living. He literally drove up here from Trumpolo. He's was he's a Wisconsinian or whatever the hell you call him. That's the whole bit. But so before we move on, because I I, I like got another I, sixty I would, seconds. I, no, I, no, you do not. <laughs> I would like to put an exclamation point on what you said. Yeah. If people want to get a hold of you to buy or sell a house or. Bring your children a Lunchable. Where, what's the best Bring, place for them to get a hold of you? 612-859-2594. One more just, time. One more time. 612-859-2594. Or just uh, ask the Walshes where I live. <laughs> My favorite thing that you just said, and then we're going to talk about the event this Bring weekend. Bring your children a Lunchable? What is? What was that reference? Uh, Explain your have you, Welcome have to you, the Brian Oak and Jim show. Lunchable? Yes, but bring bring. Boys. I was talking about how this is the slow time of year for realtors, and his kids oh, are hungry. Pay attention, man. Good. Keep up, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. That's a long way from the bookend. It wasn't that far away at all. You're losing like control, Brian. Can you, I'm not. If you, if you, if you, if you if, remember before when I said bring bring his microphone up, if you could bring it down. It's just, just totally a little bit. muted right now. Let's go back to I'll the John Smith. The John me. Smith. That you was fucking golden. I'm going to Chicago I, Avenue oh. and you can hear me. Can I say one last thing and then we're going to talk about your event. We're going to talk about the hoot and we're going to hear you play a song. Um, oh Christ, we're already at 51 minutes. Oh dear. <laughs> Overtime. In any event. Uh, no, no, we're fine. We're Overtime actually fine. And the old show. My favorite thing that Sean just said, in addition to how important his Edina Realty business is, is how you support artists. So as a guy who worked in radio for twenty five years, I got everything sent to me. I didn't have to pay a dime unless I went out of my way to do it for music. But I go to shows constantly and being in radio, I get into those shows for free. 
we live in an era where, you know, there used to be like in between late November and mid-February, <clears throat> by all means, help yourself, <laughs> um, shows here were scarce. They were few and far between other than local artists yep. between late November and mid-February because national artists are like, well, fuck that. We are not going to the <laughs> upper Midwest. We're not going to the fucking frozen tundra that time of year. Dude, I don't know. I think historically November in Min- Minneapolis has been epic. Okay, you're missing my point. Got so, it. like, yeah, every, once while, every, once while, every once in a while, every once in a while, you have to go and just listen to what I someone's point is before you respond. I, I haven't gotten to my point yet. All right. Okay. My point was that Novembers <laughs> are to be remembered, Brian. That is my point. Okay. Uh, November on air, on air, on air production meeting. No more Jim Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> Terry's welcome back. No wow. more Jim Walsh. My, 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 my point was, my was point was fast. back in the day when touring was not nearly as important. It would get quiet between mid-November and mid-February. It would, yeah. it just would. There, there's no way around that. Now, now, <sighs> not it's not about Earth, Wind, and Fire. You're not listening. <laughs> Seriously, mute his microphone. I'm um, no, 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 Turn, you turn it off. Turn it off. Because first, let, let me finish two sentences. And then my head. Oh, my God. My point was <laughs> that you said when you go to a show, you buy the CDs, yes. you buy the coffee cup, yep. you buy the T-shirt, yep. you sign up for whatever. This is how now, especially not super artists, mid-level, lower-level artists who are touring Literally year-round, like now, you can see all the shows all year-round because the only way an artist makes any real money is touring and merchandising. Now, if you're lucky enough to get one of your songs on SUV Atlantic City or whatever the fuck, like just whatever the hell it is. (laughs) Oh, that old gem. (laughs) Okay, but then then you you might get five grand in mailbox money. But if if you're someone who comes from Duluth, who comes from a town in Wisconsin, and you're touring the upper Midwest, every single show, because I got the free tickets, because I got the music for free, I bought a T-shirt to every show I went to. That was my point. Okay, it wasn't about a calendar, Jim. I know you want to fight about the calendar right now. But no, it was about, but it was not really. I don't care. My point was, I can't remember the last show I went to, because again, as you get older, you like, you get a little pickier. Buy, buy their fucking vinyl. Buy their fucking t-shirt. Support this fucking band. Or if they happen to be playing for a cause, and now, Jim, I'm going to ask you to lean in. If they happen to be playing for a cause, then not only show up and buy the T-shirt and buy the record, then write a check while you're there. I understand the hoot nanny this Friday is for a good cause. Right, and to your point, my beloved Brian, here we go. We bought. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not letting you have any more. We bought. This is mine. Uh, <laughs> we bought merchandise from Little Fevers the other night. Lucy Michelle and her husband, and they were behind the merch. You know, they they were selling T-shirts, they were selling their vinyl and CD, and they were thrilled that we were there, and it was a very human interaction that we were having, you know, in a really musical way. I met a band from Wisconsin not so long ago opening up for Porcupine that I'd literally never heard of in my entire life, and they were called The Hussy. Right on. Uh, And they just got nominated by Pitchfork for one of the top ten punk rock releases of the year. I'd never heard of them, and they were good. And I was talking to Greg Dorton's wife, and I'm like, I'm sorry, halfway into the first song, I'm like, I got a dip. Uh, I'll come back and talk to you, and I'm sorry to be rude, 
But every once in a while, that's the whole bit about live music. You go and you find a band. Right. And again, they were not reinventing the wheel. But I stood there. I pushed all the way to the front of the entry. And I stood there. And with a smile on my face, bobbed Sweet. the entire show. Then I went and bought three T-shirts and a copy of their Sweet. vinyl. Even though I'm unemployed, by the yeah, way, we sweet, have a sweet, we have sweet. a Patreon account, uh, no, Patreon.com/slash Brian Oak Show. But my point is this: that that's and you've been, this is how you make music happen. Truly. This is how you keep the scene live. True. This right. is how. Again, none of these people are getting rich. None of these people are Truly. driving Lamborghinis. Yeah, but they need they need to have a roof and right. even ramen, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Buy records, do this, but then they'll. Taking it even further, there are people who have nothing or hit circumstances that are devastating, which is where yeah. the point of this Friday's event at the Parkway comes in. Mm-hmm. Something that the Hoot's been working on, and Terry, you every Tuesday at the Driftwood have been working on. You know, you're like, we raised seven hundred dollars for this particular cause, or tonight we raised twelve hundred dollars. It may not sound like much to people, but for the people whose furnace just blew the shit out or people who were like, oh, our car just died and I still have to get my kids to these places, 100% of the proceeds for Foothold go to its beneficiaries and you'll never raise enough money to cover everybody who matters. You'll never raise enough money to, to serve everyone, but, but not doing it means fewer people. Aren't served, and fewer people, people are on the streets. Four families today. Four families. I, I send out checks to pay mortgage. Um, trying to think of the other ways. One had car repairs. Um, it, it's usually trying to get people for uh, trying to help them stave off uh, eviction. Yeah, and uh, which, by the way. Is seismic. That's real shit yeah, right it there. It really like, is. We all run into hardships, and but but, but lose your home, and then suddenly everything's untethered. You don't even have a you don't have a base point to work and from. You know what's worse? To two zip codes in Minneapolis, in North. You know what's worse in this is once you get evicted, it's really hard. Even if you have the money, it's really hard to rent again because you have a a. a, a black mark. A giant you. black mark yeah. on your record. And we've had there was a family. We talked about my girlfriend, Amber, Amber Lamprun, who the co-founder of Foothold Twin Cities. She had a family living in her basement for a couple of weeks that we were trying to help. We had enough money to pay their uh, first month's rent and security deposit, and nobody would take them. And they were this this mom and her 17-year-old son both had jobs. They were working. They're trying Hardworking and poor, and they still couldn't get a place where they can live, and and so it's it's rigged. The the deck is stacked against poor people, and and it it makes it that much harder. It fucking sucks, is yes, what it, it does. does. And here's the deal: we're not talking to, you know, uh, Stephen Tyler and what's the other guy's name? Perry. What's his name? Steve Joe. Perry. Aerosmith. Oh, okay. Steve Perry from uh, Journey. Uh, what's Perry's first Joe name? Perry. Yep. Joe Perry. We're not we're not talking like people who like are 
trafficking in tens of millions of dollars. We're talking to a couple of local musicians and people who care about this town so much. You're part of this town. You guys are both intrinsically linked to this town as even though I grew up in Coon Rapids, I know I didn't grow up on St. Paul's Rock and East Side and didn't <laughs> didn't have to like fuck didn't get a swirly in the in the the, the creek when I was a kid. Lucky you. Well, yeah. Oh, trust me. I had plenty of swirlies. They were just in the North Suburban Cultural Corridor. What I love, though, is the whole point of doing this podcast is telling the stories and sharing the music and doing the right thing. Before we move on and we give all the details about this Friday's event, Jim, I do want to talk about the Hoot Nanny. When did you start doing the Hoot? Um, <clears throat> 13 years ago. I just wanted to say that, that doing mu- performing music and gathering a bunch of people, and you have an organization like Foothold to represent for, mm-hmm. and you know that the en- at the end of the night, money is going to people in need. It's a very musical thing. So I can rock very out. Mu- very musical. Feel good and know that someone's getting helped. Yeah. yeah. Huh. And that builds community as well. The, agreed. The, the agreed. Very, again, back to the, the whole D- bit. It's the, the D- whole it thing. Back to the DNA. Yeah. Swapping question. Long protein strands. And it's it's a it's proven. We have done this over the years. You have many gigs. I've played a ton of gigs. My brother has played a ton of gigs. And you know when you're when there's something at the end of it that is so just you know you can feel good about it on another in another. Um, kind of realm you know it's it's just it it's musical it's musical it's musical and that's what we have kept in, i think in in our forefront all these years what's happening at the parkway on friday the hoot has been going since uh you know for 13 years now i walked into java jacks on 46th and bryant and <gasps> i used to buy my christmas trees there back know, when it was dude, java jacks yeah absolutely and i just said to him i said hey you know i know a bunch of songwriters who would need, you know, a place to play. I, I have an idea, kind of do it in a round-robin fashion. Um, and he said, well, and I said, you know, because I was very, t- I was sick of going to hear people and not being able to hear hear, hear them in coffee shops mm-hmm. where literally I would be by, a, I, I remember hearing like, it was either Ben Weaver or somebody, it was Northeast, and I was, I was literally next to him by the fireplace and I couldn't hear him. And so it was just an idea, and he said, and I said it would be great up here, you know, right here on Forty Six and Bryant, right on the at the Java Jacks mm-hmm. site. And he said, "Well, come down here and come downstairs and check out this spot." And wait, a, this isn't Ben Weaver. This is David, or who is this? That this you is Jerry Nelson. To? Yeah, there you go. And okay. So Jerry takes me down to the basement of Java Jacks, and it's this really beautiful underground, literally. Oh. Um, place that we built the hood on you know for three years in the you know early or mid 2000s what i like about it is the hoot is it's you know there's sort of a structure but then there's also sort of a freedom like okay we're gonna play a couple songs and if this person doesn't know the song or doesn't feel comfortable true. they're not obligated but if they feel it and it's time to get involved nobody gets hostile nobody gets egotistical nobody Everyone's there for the same reason. It's yeah. because music live, and even the people in the audience, are like they're willing to roll with it. Like yes. you know, sometimes when you pay a big ticket price, you're like, "I better get Bang. a right. fucking Bang. show tonight." Bang. And then when Bang. you go, you when got you... a free hoot nanny man. I often say that at the hoot. I go, 
Not bad for a free hoot nanny people. When you go to a hoot Not bad and you for and you free hoot nanny. And again, maybe you don't love everything, but there's nobody at any hoot who everything. doesn't have doesn't have well, okay, you do because it's <laughs> your bit. But most uh, I'm talking about average people like they show up at a hoot nanny, you don't have to love every minute, but at, like most live shows, if all of a sudden you're having a thing, like a thing, like you, a like you can feel it tickling up here and you like feel it and then, not to be a creepy middle-aged man, but every once in a while, your hips start to swivel, even if you're sitting in the chair. You want me to make it clap? Because I'll make it clap. Um, this is the truth. Um, the hoot for me, and I, I said this in an interview once before, it's as close to the replacements as I've gotten in a live music experience. And I often think that's the case with St. Dominic's Trio on Tuesday nights at the Driftwood. It's very Matt's-like. Both these entities, we we were very inspired by that band and the spontaneity and the and the and it it drives me crazy because I cannot sit too tight on a on a thing and not have it be new. But the beauty of the Hoot and Saint Dominic's Trio is it's different every single time out, and there and there are nights where it elevates beyond. All sorts of music experience. I've Just like ever everyone's had. day, like anything including, you ever do, there are days that are better than to other use days. The word elevate, like you know, you two at the at at US Bank Stadium. Just, just that's kind of the last live music experience that I remember. You and I bonding over, right? And going, that was a massive, just fifty thousand people elevation. The hoot Tuesday nights at the Driftwood are it, it, it it's it's. It's very similar to U2. It is. It, it, it's no. very It's very much like the Joshua Tree Tour every single Tuesday. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. That being said. In a, connecti- in a connective way, uh, in a really intimate way, is is all I'm saying. All right. I, no, I, seriously. I, I know that I know what you're saying. is kicking. I know exactly what you're saying. Right. It's, it's true. That's it's, the whole it's bit. All, Not very... every musical night is going to be transcendent. But, but then, man, it is even some of the, really, but even some of those nights, where you go, when it feels and when it happens, uh, you can't quantify it. You I, can't pay for that. You yeah. can't say what it's worth, or you can't predict it. Now, again... We've all gone to see shows that are like, ah, that's pretty good. And then you go to a night where suddenly the thing starts to happen. That critical mass starts to bubble up. The the group, the the, the whole bit. Like, yeah. you know, again. Brian Oak, I, I stood if, on. If you, could, if you could calculate that, if you could create it at will, then it would be every night all the time. And then it also wouldn't matter. It wouldn't. So, You're the, right. The, the, You're like, right. The only yeah. reason the organic, it matters is because the organic when, when that sort of sorcery, that sort of sorcery. alchemy becomes... The thing you're you like start to look at each other. You look at the people in the audience, and they insane. go, "They're all going." And not oh, only you're happy, feeling it you're, too. you're not entirely certain that you're safe, right? And that's what it means to be fucking alive. Yes, absolutely. All right, we absolutely. have to reset, and we have to get to our next song because we are well over time. But I love uh, talking Sean's to you guys. Have to take the razor blade to this. Yeah, thing. no, yeah. no. There. Are we over time? We don't have to do another tune. We're good. F off. You think you're getting away without playing a song? F you. Okay, so let me me just take care of a couple things. I need to thank the good people at audioquip.com. Without them, 
These guys sound even worse than they actually are. <laughs> Audioquip, A-U-D-I-O-Q-U-I-P.com. Uh, I need to thank Rebecca Slater. I need to thank Amy Barthel. I need to thank Dave Gatzmer, who not only made our, our, our uh, lovely that logo here, cool. but look behind Sean right now. Sean, go ahead and put the camera on there. I think that painting is called Parasite Babies. I begged him for that for 10 years. Like, if you promise me you'll hang it in your living room, you can have it. Yeah, my wife wasn't down. So uh, I finally have a place to hang it. And I just hung up a brand new piece of artwork, Audio Slave, with a Chris Cornell autograph on it, which made me a little sad and a little thoughtful about the past. In any event, it is The Brian Oak Show. Next time we come back, we are talking to Jeffrey Morris. Um, The Jeffrey Morris? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. You deserve that one. Touche, my good man. But after you listen to the episode, you're going to be like, why was I such a dick? (laughs) You're right. He has has a website called futuredude.com. He has a Hollywood movie in production. He is so futuristic and so forward-thinking that every time I wake up when I go onto Facebook, there are three people whose websites I look at or whose Facebook feeds I look at. He's one of them, Mm -hmm. and he's agreed to be on the show. I'm very excited. Sweet. No disrespect to the Walsh brothers. Before we get to this last song, which is how we're going to end the show, the Mad Ripple Hoopanani. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Sponsored by Tomorrow's. Let's go. The Map Snipple Bloopanani <laughs> is coming up this Friday, uh, just a couple doors down at the Parkway Theater. The Mad Ripple Hootenanny. A benefit for Foothold Twin Cities. This Friday, January 10th, 8 p.m. at the Parkway. Get your tickets in advance, a mere $10. But here's wow. what I recommend wait until the day of. And pay 15 bucks at the door because this organization, I'm not kidding, this organization matters. They're, I, I know that you're both wonderful people. I've known you both long enough. But when you meet people who actually give a shit about the community they live in, it's not freedom. how the world works, man. Well, it's not how the world works. People it's are. Rock, no, people that's get scared. That's how the world works. Well, that's no, how it the is. It is people, how human beings work. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone but but so many people are so scared. Right. They're so afraid. They're so limited. And they're so worried about their own situation that it's hard for them, even for $15, it's fear. to be like, it, it is. fear is everything that controls us right now. Fear is why 2020 looks so terrible. Here's the deal. Oh, trust me. You don't, have, you don't have a pledge for next month, right? February on the Brian Oak Show is female. Now, aside from the two middle-aged white guys who run the show, yeah. every Sorry. song, every song, every guest, female. Uh, female politicians, female artists, Love it. female chefs, trans women, every song. The future, when you've got nine Pennsylvania lawmakers saying, we're going to challenge Roe versus Wade, Fuck you. I know. Fuck. Like, right. Uh, here's here's the double whammy. If you're still filming, here's the fucking double whammy. Because guess what? We're all the same thing. We're all human beings. And I don't know about you guys. I've met some pretty amazing women. Like some pretty genuinely amazing. So anyway, February, that's the whole bit that it's going to be. And it's time to start thinking about the future. Is this little podcast going to change anything seismatically? Probably not. But am I still going to do my part? Because you're doing your part. You're doing your part. And even that, even it's that the guy over there. It's the mad ripple. You send <laughs> La- your waves out. You La- do last, what you can. last thing I'm going to say before we dip and hear this final song to round out the show. All three of you so-called 
Irish Catholics are fucking blue-eyed. I'm the only brown eye in here. Mm. Mm. Reptilian shapeshifters. That's who I do the show with. Thanks to all of our sponsors. Thanks to all of our past guests. Episode 17. Walsh Brothers, you know that I love and appreciate both of you very much. I hope you understand that very much. Sean, I'm working on it. All right? right. You understand that? (laughs) Thanks, Sean. And thanks to everybody who's jumped on board with Patreon and everything else. We're going to wrap this show up tonight with a song by the Walsh Brothers. I'm going to shut up and step back. If you want to say anything about this song, you can, or you can just do the deal. Like maybe the key. Let me know the key. Just hop on, my dude. No way. Yeah, well, we know. We could have done it better. We can change the weather And the weather's gonna stay No way Better Let's do it again, okay? Can we? Please? Tell me who it is I will I will at the end We're not talking yet We're gonna end the show Billie Eilish That's what I thought You're doing fucking My favorite record of 2019 I'm sorry Really cool I fucked it up Oh, Did you? I felt it, it was okay. Yeah, no, I, I fucked up. I lost the last verse. I, I got really lost. So, can we do it? Billy Eilish is my favorite record of the year. Okay, we don't have to do it again. Are we just recording still? Do it Are again. We done? Do, do it again. again. We'll cut over. that out. Do it again. I want you to be happy. Nothing more than I want than Jim Walsh to be happy. All right. One, two, one, two, three, four. Hey. Call me back when you get this Or when you get a minute We really need to talk No way, maybe not And maybe just forget it Cause by the time you get this Your number might be blocked No way, just stay Blah, blah, blah You just want what you can't have No way, way I'll call the cops If you don't stop, I'll call your dad And I hate to do this to you Well, happy birthday, by the way, it's not you, it's me, and all that other bullshit, you know, that's bullshit, don't you, babe, I'm not your party favor. Can't change the weather when the weather's come and gone. No way, maybe not, and maybe just forget it. It's by the turn and put I miss here all my songs. 
blah, blah, blah. You just want what you can't have. No way. I'll call the cops. If you don't stop, I'll call your dad. And I hate to hate not you, it's me and all that other bullshit, you know, that's bullshit, don't you babe, I'm not your party favorite, come to the hoot and hear covers and originals like that, Parkway Theater. 7 to 10. Tequila. Friday. Beer. What's the date? January 10th. That's a Friday, right? At the yeah. Parkway Theater. What street is it on? I'm Chicago Sh- Avenue, Chicago baby. Chicago Avenue. Take the five. <laughs> 